Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Hey everyone, welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston, your all-around hiring guru, executive recruiter, and director of recruiting with VIP. And you know I love to introduce you to fabulous people that are doing fabulous things that can help you in life or just in your career, and today is no different. So I'd like to introduce you and tell you a little bit about my guest today. I have with me Johnny B. Dunn, CEO, trainer, and coach at Learn to Change You. With over 30 years of consulting experience, Johnny facilitates new ideas across industries for greater creative problem solving and innovation. Johnny created his purposeful transformation process as an easy blueprint for crafting your life's purpose without feeling stuck and directionless. He teaches strategies to articulate your purpose, determine what it will take to make it a reality, and how to engage others to help you transform and manifest your dream. Johnny, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And again, just, you know, I always like to kind of make connections for people because I think it's so important that you keep your mind open to meeting the people you need to meet and just and grabbing those opportunities and recognizing them when they come along. And yeah. so you were actually introduced to me by another friend who actually did my website yeah. and she was like, oh my gosh, Casey, I know someone who you have to talk to. <laughs> and she was right. Oh, I great. love what you're doing. Can you. Give us a little background on you. Okay. Um, so one of the things I've been doing for a long time is over the 30 years I've been helping organizations and individuals kind of transform, kind of going through some level of transformation. And um, one of the things that I discovered through that whole process is that People have a tendency to um, struggle through their job, their career, through life, because they are looking for meaning. So how do I find meaning in my life? How do I find meaning in my job? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what I discovered was that people were so worried about kind of what's next mm -hmm. that they weren't really being mindful and present in the moment to kind of discover, okay, what is it that will bring me joy, will make me happy, um, and at the same time, I know is kind of reinforcing who I am authentically um, and look at ways in which I can align that kind of overall purpose with the rest of the world and with what I did, what it is that I need to be doing for myself. And so helping people kind of go through that process and organizations have a purpose too. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the way purpose is set up and broken down for individuals, it's the exact same thing for organizations. And so there's a real easy way to create alignment between you and your organization that you're working for, you and your family, and you and your community. So, and I just want to, again, just give a little bit more about your expertise, because when you were in corporate, because yeah. you were in corporate at one time, right? Yes. I'm trying yeah. to remember from our conversation. And you worked with some pretty big companies, right? Yes. Or yeah. Fortune 500s? Yes. So when I first started my career, I was working for... Um, Anderson Consulting, which is now Accenture, and I was working in the uh, change management practice mm -hmm. and helping uh, organizations through change. And then 
spent some time working for American Airlines. I w worked for them, okay. and uh, I was helping to manage their learning, their leadership learning and development programs. And then I uh, was recruited back by Arthur Anderson to lead a change management practice for their Dallas office and did that for several years. And I did, I worked with a lot of Fortune 500 companies all over the world uh, in different uh, capacities, but mainly it was all about transformation. And so this isn't something that you just decided to do yesterday. No, I've been doing this for <laughs> quite a while. As a matter of fact, one of the things that was kind of interesting is that when I was kind of looking back at my life and my career, a lot of times I was asked by my clients and by my employers that, hey, you've got a really great demeanor, you're really calm, and you really can engage people and have great conversations. So what we'd like for you to do is to help start counseling people out. Oh, yay, fun. Yeah, that was really a blast. And so what I did was I determined, okay, this doesn't, this doesn't fit me to yeah. actually do that. And so as I would sit down with individuals to kind of start the conversation about, you know, them leaving, I would start asking them, so what, what got you excited? What was your first job? You know, what, what was it that you were trying to accomplish in life? And by the time I would go through a series of sessions with them, they actually had decided I'm in the wrong job. I'm in the wrong place. I need to get out of here. And so I didn't really have to counsel people out. They counseled themselves out. And a lot of it was focused on helping them understand what is it that I want to be doing in life. And in some cases, people discovered that, whoa, maybe I'm not right fit for this job, but maybe there's something else in the organization that is a right fit. And we were able to actually find people new jobs within the same organization. I, I think that is so amazing and so critical to, especially our um, you know, recent college grads and stuff like that. And where were you when I accidentally fell into accounting? <laughs> I, that was so wrong for me, right, you know? Right. And when I did finally find a the job that I have now recruiting again stumbled into it but thank God because you know I've really found my passion and my purpose right but I would have loved to have had someone like you there when I was starting out you know after I graduated saying you know maybe you want to rethink this a little bit let's really yeah. look at what you like to do yeah. and sitting by myself crunching numbers was not it no no, <laughs> no. well and I think one of the things that we tend to do is that as we kind of as we grow up um, we start listening to other people. You know, our parents influence us, our friends influence us. Yes. And neuroscience says that there's two points in your life when you really are developing your brain. One when you're five years old, and then one whenever you're in your early teens. And so those are the two times in which neural pathways are kind of being developed in your brain. And a lot of those neural pathways are linked to what people are telling you you should be doing. Right. You really should be doing this. You, you need to be doing this. If you want to be successful, you need to do this. And so a you lot should of time, go to this school. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So what we do is we, we tend to let that kind of define our values and our beliefs. And it may be taking us far away from who we authentically are. And, and so whenever we get into a job and we think, whoa, what, what was I thinking or a career? Mm -hmm. and, and we realize that, whoa, this, this just isn't me. How did I get here? A lot of times it's because we were influenced and... And we, at times, tend to be pleasers. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, where do you think they hop on the struggle bus with the, uh, you know, 
identifying their purpose. Well, why do people have such a hard time? I mean, I did. Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time. Right. I'm still not real sure what I'm supposed to be doing. A lot of the research talks about how we are so focused on what is the next task. So mm -hmm. we, we'll, be, we'll be working on something. We'll be working on a project. We'll be doing something. And before we even finish that task, our brain is already starting to work on the next task. And so when we're doing that, we're not giving ourselves time to kind of stop and say, whoa, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Am I doing this just because I'm trying to meet a deadline or I'm trying to accomplish a task? Instead, am I doing this because it has meaning for me, that it's going to be rewarding for me? And a lot of times, whenever we're so focused on the future that we don't have time to think in the present about what is it that's right for me. And we also have a tendency to be focused on the past. It's like, well, did I do that right? Did I do that wrong? You know, mm -hmm. what mistakes did I make? You know, am I going to be rewarded for that? And so we, if we're not in the future, we're in the past. And so we forget, we're not mindful about, okay, what's bringing me fulfillment today? And when we begin to start to question the whys, ask ourselves, why am I doing this? And what should I be doing based on who I was born to be, you know, because a lot of times whenever we're born and, and up to five years old, we, we, if we can reflect back when we were a child and we think what was, what really made us happy, what made us, you know, excited yeah. and, and creative, then we can pretty much get a link to what our true authentic self is and what, what it was. And then whenever people start telling us, okay, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. You know, we try some things on, and then if it doesn't fit, instead of discarding it, we just kind of hoard it, and then we go for the next thing. And so it gets to the point where we're so cluttered with so much stuff over time that it becomes more difficult to see what our true purpose is. We can't see who we really are because we're so wrapped up in what all the mess and the garbage that people have put on us over the years. So... As you were saying all of that, I went back to like three years old yeah. and was thinking yes. about who I was at three years old. And I was the one that would always find a box and stand on it and try to yes. entertain you and make you laugh. Right, right. So so that's your authentic self. Huh. How you got to be an accountant from that. Such a, <laughs> you know, so such a derailment. Somewhere along the way, someone told you, ooh, you'll make a lot of good money. You'll have a good stable exactly. job. You really should go and do that. And it was taking you so far away from who you really are. Yeah. And But now the opportunity is to say, okay, I had a purpose. I wanted to, to be engaging. I wanted to mm -hmm. talk to people. I wanted to entertain. I wanted to do that as a kid. And then when you moved into accounting and you kind of developed that career, you, you started to build skills. You built skill sets. You, you built knowledge, things like that. And so it's not so much that you totally redefined your purpose, it's that you began to evolve your purpose. And so when, you're, when you were sitting there thinking, why am I doing accounting? Why can't I be that kid sit, standing on the soapbox and yeah. engaging and entertaining? <laughs> and so what happened was is that you decided, okay, if I want to get back to that, what can I do based on what I already have? What are the, what are the, what's the engagement that I have with myself around my talents and my gifts? And how can I leverage that and define a purpose for me that truly will be rewarding? And so you were able to find that child again, be engaging, talk to people, work yes. with people, and yet still 
be able to bring the knowledge and skills that you had in your development as an accountant. So now you're able to to engage people who do that. Exactly. You understand them. You know where they're coming from. You know what they're all about. And so now your purpose then kind of goes bigger. And and this is what's important about purpose. It's that it's this pro-social kind of meaning where we're saying, okay, my purpose needs to have intention. It needs to have a level of engagement as far as my talents and gifts and engaging others. But this pro-social reasoning, which is about what it means to do something bigger than yourself. So all purpose has to have pro-social reasoning. So in your case, whenever you decided to kind of focus on and evolve your purpose, the pro-social reasoning for you is that I want to help other people get a job. I want to help them mm-hmm. to be happy. This isn't just about me getting a paycheck. Right. This is about you helping others be able to get a fulfilling career and a fulfilling life. And so you check all the boxes for a life's purpose. I, you know, and I'm very fortunate and I tell people all the time that, you know, I don't work a day in my life because I love what I do so much. Yeah. It's, it's so exhilarating and rewarding to be able to connect with people like you and to connect with my, the people that I'm helping find a job or the clients that are looking for that person. I mean, it's just all the way around. It's just very rewarding when you are in your life's purpose. Right. So. Well, and the thing is, is that as you, as you clearly know your purpose and you start acting on that, what you find is, is that you're able to associate things that you've done in the past as meaningful. You're able to attach meaning to certain things. And so as you do that, you begin to reinforce what it is that, that is you and what is it makes you happy and that mm-hmm. you enjoy. And then as that, as that um, begins to play out for you, you begin to look for future events make future decisions that are going to reinforce the same level of meaning. And so everything that you do now, as you move through your life, is going to be more tied to your purpose, and you, and it will be more rewarding. You'll have much more satisfaction in what it is that you do. The other thing that happens is, is that, just as you described, when you really are in tune with your purpose, and you're beginning to identify what brings you meaning in life, then you start attracting the right people. You start attracting the right things that... Super attractive. You know, and and yeah. so when you do that, then it becomes less of a struggle to find those things that are going to be meaningful for you and make you happy because you're just going to attract them. Your energy is going to say, whoa, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what brings me satisfaction mm-hmm. and joy. And so people will actually start coming to you because people like to be around people who are at a higher level of energy. Yeah. You know, when we're happy, when we have joy, when we have gratitude, you know, our vibration is higher and people sense that and they like that and, and you attract And that's measurable. You, yes. This has literally been measurable. This yes. is not woo-woo. This is no. scientific fact that yes. there are vibrations. Yes. Well, Einstein said that we're all energy. Mm-hmm. Everything's energy and we just are vibrating at different levels. And so... There's a wonderful book called Power Versus Force. And I just bought that book. It's incredible book. I haven't read it yet. It, it talks about how, how energy and emotions have different levels. Yes. And that when we are sad, we're angry, mm-hmm. we're depressed, we're vibrating at a much lower uh, energy level. Right. And so what we find is that if you look at someone who's depressed... You can actually see that they're denser, that they're that they're darker, they're they're lethargic, they're yes. moving much more slowly, 
And it's because they're vibrating at a lower level. And when people are vibrating at a much higher level, enjoy gratitude and happiness and that type of thing, they seem to be brighter and people think, oh wow, this is so great. It's like no effort at all. I'm kind of light on my feet. This is really fun. And people see that level of excitement. That's because they're actually tapping into that energy. They're seeing that energy mm -hmm. in people who are happy. And they want to be around those people. They don't want to be around the people who are vibrating much lower. And it's the whole idea of power versus force, which is, is that if we raise our vibration, then we have power. We're not having to force things. Right. Because it's naturally coming to us. And we are much more satisfied as a that result. That is good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So... Tell us a little bit about the life map. What is okay. it and how does it help guide people to where they need to go next? So one of the things that happens to us throughout our life is that, you know, we have significant events mm -hmm. and we're able to trace those back. And so when we think about when we were a child all the way up to where we are today as an, ad as an adult, we can begin to map, okay, where were our highs and where were our lows? Mm -hmm. And when we begin to investigate the highs and lows, we can begin to recognize patterns of behavior. So whenever we see the lows, we can say, oh my gosh, I realize why now I had a low is because I chose to do this. And every time I choose the same thing over and over again, I keep sinking down. And so once you begin to look at your life map, you're able to see what were those patterns? How can I change those patterns? Because some of them are, are gonna be tied to those beliefs and values that we talked about that were kind of entrenched in us when mm -hmm. we were growing up. But at the same time, we could look at the highs. So what were the highs? What, what were the decisions that you made? What were the things that were going on that made them a high for you? So you can look at those patterns of behavior so that you can begin to reinforce the positive and start to decrease the amount of lows that you have by better understanding. And what we find is, is that when we start looking at the patterns of behavior in the upper part of the life map and the higher kind of more uh, positive aspects of your life, that's when you begin to start recognizing characteristics about your authentic self, of who you really are. Mm. And when you start looking at the lows, it's when you're starting to get away from yourself. Gotcha. And you can begin to say, see what, I want to manifest those positive things, uh -huh. you know? And so then it's helping you to identify, so what are my characteristics? What are the elements of my authentic self? You may have forgotten, but if you begin to look at your life patterns on a life map, then you can begin to trace back and say, I remember now I was that kid standing on a box, entertaining <laughs> and having a good time. Can't believe I just told the world that. <laughs> yeah, and so if you, when you do your life map, you'll probably see that the decisions that you made may have been influenced by someone else and those were lows. But whenever you made the decision and you wholeheartedly moved into it, mm -hmm. you can see that that it's starts going so different. Out. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that because yes. seriously, like, and, and I tell people, you know, when I'm talking about switching from accounting to recruiting, that I feel like my life kind of began there. Yes. Even though I had a whole, you know, other career. Right. But this is the one that I, this is the one that makes me happy, mm -hmm. that makes me whole. And if you think about it, what's typically happening is, is that the reason why you start saying, wow, my life's beginning is because when you're going back to the past and you're looking at those lower, those events that are kind of on below the line, the negative events in your life, you begin to recognize those didn't have a lot of meaning for me, mm -hmm. but the things up here had a lot of meaning for me. And so life is starting for you because now you're beginning to choose. You're beginning to make decisions about 
what meaning I want to have in my life. Yeah, it's so much fun. So much more fun than it was when you were in those lows. So you recently wrote an article on LinkedIn called Your Job with a Purpose. And in it, you actually noted that hospital janitors were among the most purposeful workers surveyed. Why is this and what can we learn from that? So when they were doing the study, they were talking to people in different roles. And when they talked with the janitors, they asked them, so what is it that you do? And how is this serving kind of your overall purpose in life, which, you know, your life purpose? They were able to articulate very easily that, wow. So when I go in and I, and I make sure that the, the rooms, the bathrooms, the hallways are clean, then I know that I am making the most positive and best experience for patients coming into our building that I possibly can be. And so when they were looking at that, they were saying, okay, they weren't just doing a task. They recognized the tasks that they were doing were not just for a paycheck, Mm -hmm. that they were doing something that was far greater than themselves. They were doing something because they wanted, recognizing that patients that are coming in under difficult circumstances, they wanted to make sure that if they could make their life a little better, Mm -hmm. a little more enjoyable, um, by making sure everything's clean and everything was welcoming, that they know that they would have satisfaction in their job as a result of that. And so the study found that people who kind of align themselves with a purpose within their job that still had that essence of something greater than they are, then they found that there was greater alignment in, the life's, in their life's purpose as well as in their job purpose. And so it's, it's really fascinating if we were to step back and say, okay, how can I do that for myself? Mm-hmm. Instead of just thinking about, okay, I got this project deadline. I've got, you know, I've got, uh, you know, um, spreadsheet that I've got to balance. It's right. like, okay, well, what, what is that? What is that all about? What, what's more to that? I, I was working with um, a company and I was coaching um, a guy who was working for a healthcare organization, and. He needed coaching because he was in the IT department and he was very dissatisfied with his job and he really needed help. And so I sat down with him and I said, okay, so tell me, what was, what was your life like growing up? Mm-hmm. And what is it that you think you should be doing in life? And he said, well, my father's a doctor, my brother's a doctor. I went to medical school and I flunked out. I just couldn't hack it. But I know that that that's what I should be doing. I should be a doctor like everybody else in my family. And so I'm sitting here working in IT and I, I don't find any satisfaction in that. And so I asked him, I said, okay, so help me understand, what was the thing that you did in your life that gave you the greatest joy? And he said, it was my first job. And I said, so what was your first job? And he said, I was an EMT. And I said, okay. So you were really kind of tying back to who you authentically are, which is someone who wants to help people. You want to go and and make sure that people are healthy and that you you can rescue them when they need it. Um, And so I asked him, I said, think about elements of your job today. What is it you do? He says, well, I crunch numbers. And I said, what are those numbers? And he said, well, we take data that comes in from all these different physicians and physician groups. We take that data and we can pile reports and those reports tell them, okay, this is what, you know, is going on in the community as far as, you know, a high, high risk of heart disease and that type of thing. And I said, okay, so think about those numbers you're crunching. 
When you send out those reports from all the work you're doing on your computer, what, what is happening? He goes, well, the physicians are doing that and they're reaching out and making sure that their patients are more healthy based on the data that we're gathering. And I said, how is that not helping people? How, how are you not taking what it is that you do every day, giving that information to physicians so that they can make a healthier community and they could be saving their patients' lives? You are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. He found satisfaction in his job now. Wow. He was able to link what he was doing and create an alignment with who he really is and what it is he wanted to do in life and create an alignment with the company he was working for and the job he was doing. That's amazing that you just connected all those dots. That's That was like a rabbit trail right there. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been. So I want to ask you this question. Um, obviously, as an individual, setting your purpose is extremely important to reach your personal goals and live a more fulfilled life. We get yeah. that. But how important is it for a company to also find and define their purpose and you know in the recruiting world how can that help attract new qualified talent mm. so there's a lot of interesting studies out there right now and um, what we're discovering is is that people are being much more selective in in the way that they're they're picking companies they want to work for. absolutely yes absolutely and um, so you know the, the three elements to purpose is you have to have intention you have to have engagement and you have to have pro-social reasoning well if you think about a company their intent, their intention is their mission. Mm -hmm. The engagement is how well they're effectively using the talents, the knowledge and the skills that they have in their organization and how well they're engaging their customers, their clients. Okay. okay. And then the third is, are they doing things that are greater than them? Are, are they involved in their community? Are they, are they doing community impact programs, things that, that are engaging the community and doing, making the world a better place? Okay. So whenever companies are achieving those three elements of purpose, then people that are interviewing and looking at that, they're saying, okay, how are you going to develop me? Mm -hmm. How do you engage me in developing my skills? What is your mission? What is your intention for your company? And how are you doing something that's far bigger than yourself? And so people, um, are, especially today and our future generations, they're going to be making decisions on that. If a company can't answer the question, what is it we do and why, then they're not putting themselves in a position that someone being recruited is going to say, I want to work for them. I want to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, in 1997, there was something that, uh, that was introduced uh, in, in the corporate world, and it was called the three Ps. And the three Ps stood for people, planet, and profit. And what, what was identified was that you have to have those three things to be a viable organization, and you have to do them in that order. And corporations now are starting to take that on. And so with the people, it's what are you doing to develop your people? What is it that you're doing to make sure that, you know, the, the community and, the, and their customers are, are, are actually being served? And how, what are you doing for the planet? How are you taking mm -hmm. care of things? You use resources. How are you taking care of the planet that's going to be providing the resources you need to actually conduct business and do your work? And then the last is profit. You look at what you want to make sure that you have profit because you need to stay alive. You need to stay alive in your community and in, in, in your industry in order for you to serve the people on the planet. But what they found was is that if you follow those in, those, in, those, in that order, 
if you take care of the people, you take care of the planet, the profits follow. It became a lot less difficult for them yes. to actually achieve their profit, their bottom line. I agree 100%. And I always say, you know, give value first, mm -hmm. the money will follow. Yes, exactly. So. And so people are smart now. They're saying, I don't have to just pick a job for a paycheck. Mm -hmm. I can pick a job for the company, for the purpose that they have in this world and what it is that they're serving. So organizations need to wake up. Yeah. Companies need to wake up and say, how are we defining our purpose? So that our purpose is, is basically building our culture that's going to be inviting to say that I, we want to be the first choice that you make when you come looking for a job. You know, I still run a full desk, which means, you know, I'm still engaging with clients and with candidates. And that is absolutely one of the things I hear the most when I ask them the question, besides money, besides location, what's going to make you happy to get up and go to work tomorrow? And most often I will hear, I want a company with a purpose. Yes. Yeah. And, and if we can have a company come up with a purpose that achieves those, those three mm -hmm. elements, you know, of intention, of engagement, and pro-social reasoning, if you look at that, and then if we do the same thing, then it becomes a lot easier for me as an individual to find alignment with the organization's purpose. Exactly. So I, Johnny, you're not going to believe this, yes. but our time together has just flown by. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This has been a blast. <laughs> so how do people find you? So. My website is learntochangeyou.com and learn to change you. It's learn the number two, change, and then you for university. And, um, and then also too, uh, if they want to reach me, uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. Johnny B. Dunn. Uh, they can look for me there. And also if they want to um, reach out to me and send me an email and contact me, uh, they can just do it at learntochangeyou at gmail.com. And then that'll be a way to, to reach out to me, ask me questions, figure out, you know, what this all means for them. And I'll be happy to have okay. that conversation. And then also we're going to be offering a, a one day class in April. Oh, fun. On purposeful transformation. So at the end of the day, you know exactly what your purpose is. And there's an online course too, right? There's an online course and we're really focusing on uh, engaging people uh, to be able to get it done faster so that they can do it. And so the one-day class is the fastest way to do it. Got it. And so we're, we're driving that. So in April, so if you go to the website, then you'll see when, when we're offering our okay. first course. Okay. Yeah. And um, everyone, if you will just, you know, maybe put in the subject line that you heard um, about his purposeful transformation on the VIP podcast, I'm sure that he will get right back yes. to you and give you VIP treatments. Very much so. Okay. Very much so. So let's get to our VIP questions. Okay. Right. Okay. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. If you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, okay. what right. three things or people would you take with you? So when I think of threes, I immediately go to head, heart, and hands. So I always think about it from that perspective. Okay. So, so first, for head, I would, I would probably take Dr. Joe Dispenza with me. Um, he is this incredible guy who is really doing some incredible stuff around the way neuroscience works. Okay. And um, so I would take him for intellectual discussions. Okay. And uh, I would take him for the head. For the heart, I would take my spouse because that would keep my heart full and healthy. Uh, and then for hands, for Mars, um, I think I would probably take a contractor uh, who was a mason because if you think about Mars there's no wood and it's all rock and dirt 
So I would probably want a mason to get in there and get their hands dirty and build things. Okay. So that we can okay. start creating something on some kind of civilization right exactly that's awesome very good very good so what is one thing you do every day to set your day up for success uh journaling (gasps) me too high five there's a lot of research that says journaling and reflection is is so much more uh for us to be able to help kind of focus on how we kind of take stress out of our life how we begin to reflect on what was happening yesterday, what our intention is for today. Now, here's something that I like to challenge you with and everyone else. Okay. Journaling, I would challenge you to write in third person. And it helps you to engage what quantum quantum physics calls the observer effect. Yes, I love quantum physics. (laughs) So if you think about it, the observer effect, if you're focusing on being able to step outside yourself and write in third person, then you begin to learn things about yourself. Oh, that is that so interesting. If you just written in first person. I'm going to try that tomorrow yeah. morning. That is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. You know, in, you know, Michael uh, Singer, mm-hmm. the untethered soul yes. talks about the observer and the witness and all that kind yes. of stuff. So yes. that's a really good book guys. If you want to yeah. dig deep. Okay. So mm-hmm. final question. Yes. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Compassionate man helps transform many lives. Aw, I love that. Yeah. That's, so my life's purpose is that. It's, it's how can I help to positively transform people's lives through teaching and coaching and, and helping people. So I want to do as many as I possibly can. Maybe that's you. You it never know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, thank you so much for coming on the thank podcast you. today. This has been great as I knew it would be. Yeah. Um, you just gave us a lot of information to think about. So I just have one last thing to say to you. Yeah. You are a VIP. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.